Hi. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Talk About It Mate podcast. In this podcast, we're letting you in on the ground floor of the next mental health revolution. Fundamentally, people want to be seen and heard, and it doesn't take a professional to provide that. Peer support is transforming people's lives, and we're going to show you how it's done. We'll start each podcast with a check-in where we'll describe our here and now feelings. Think how you would honestly respond if someone asked you, how are you? Then we'll choose a topic and talk from our own experiences about what that means to us. No direct questions, no advice, no disagreement, just open listening and validation. And at the end, we'll check out. How are you now? And that's it. Well, alongside the podcast, we'll be providing support, guidance and connection around the topic each week on our social media and on our meetup. So head there now, during or after the podcast to get and stay connected. But for now, let's get into it. We've got another special guest this week. You'll you'll hopefully realise we're not the two ladies of last week, but we are not the same formation as you might be used to. So do you want to introduce yourself, Martin, to the to the listenership? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Martin, one of the facilitators um, of Talk About It, mate. Uh, big fan of the podcast. So I've listened to part of the podcast from last week. So it is quite jumping into, uh, step into big shoes here. I'm uh, on the back foot, to be honest with you, but looking forward to it because it's with you. You know, you're my best mate of many years. So hopefully it's going to flow as well as it has with you and Mike and Sarah and Laura. It'd be really awkward if best mates couldn't have a conversation for 35 <laughs> minutes, wouldn't it? It would, that would That would be a, an indictment of our friendship. Um, and we are we are potentially, you know, you might consider us more than more than friends, but that's a backstory that we'll sell to our uh, Patreon and OnlyFans subscribers. No, absolutely, uh, John. As special content, yeah. <laughs> so uh, moving swiftly on, why don't we just jump straight into uh, the check-in? So Martin, how are you feeling today? Feeling okay today. Um, as I spoke to you just before we started recording, uh, I'm on nights this week. So last night I stayed up quite late, three, four, I think it, half past four, got to, uh, I got to bed and I've slept most of the day. So my day really is only just starting. So I'm in work at nine o'clock tonight until seven o'clock in the morning. It's something I've done for the last seven years. So I am used to it now. But yeah, it's uh, very strange. My day's starting just as uh, I imagine yours is starting to wind down. I hope it's winding down, but I'm not sure. Because if I check in emotionally, I, I'm feeling very lost might be a strong word for it. I'm feeling in the middle of a wood and I'm looking around and I have a sense of which way I could go, but it's just a bit, it's a bit daunting at the moment. I, I'm trying to tackle each branch as it comes. One thing that you may realize or have realized about me already is that I do like a metaphor to try and describe life and how I'm feeling rather than just, you know, a word circumlocution as the uh, talk about it, mate, uh, group all know was my word of the week last week. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I'm feeling. It's interesting when you talk about, you know, when you check in, it all revolves around like times and work. And like, obviously that plays a big part in your emotional makeup is, uh, yeah, work and your schedule and, and your job is quite, I, I don't know if you want to introduce to the to the listeners what your job is and, and how that really affects the fact that you're working these crazy hours. Yeah, absolutely. So I work for uh, Great Manchester Police. I get a list of jobs and it's my job to allocate the officers based on the level of harm, vulnerability that comes into play. So 
I can go in on a typical night shift or a day shift and think, right, I've got this many officers, this many jobs. Then something major will happen, someone will get stabbed, someone will get shot, and that just throws that plan away. But in the smallest possible way, it's just spinning plates. Um, I have 80 plates and about 10 sticks, and it's just constantly keeping that spinning. But uh, it is stressful. Um, I cope much better than I did used to because I never used to speak about work. I just used to come home from work and me and my wife would have a conversation, just be out work and be, it would just be, yeah, fine. And that's it. Whereas now I do talk about it more, which allows me to get out of that stress, that frustration, that um, emotional, really. Um, you know, you talk about emotion, John. I was going to say, you need to process that kind of job. I think I, 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 ask, I asked you to explain that people listening because one, the shifts might have sound strange and also because i think that the reason why you tend to i know you very well obviously fixate on work and shifts and stuff when talk about how you feel is also because of the nature of the job that you do but also it links in to what we're going to talk about today so that's just a nice segue into today's topic community it's something that i know is really important to both of us I would argue it's it's a drive for or a feeling of community is probably one of the single most important factors in how human beings generally behave. I, I could probably, without getting into a societal discussion, explain Brexit and <laughs> general sort of uh, political leanings and the way people act towards each other as being the reaction to a loss of identity and community. but. Let's not go there. Let's focus on what that word means to you, Martin. What does it mean to you? It's like-minded people on the same journey. Uh, you know, we could use Talk About It Mate as an example, or, you know, for me and John, it would be uh, Man versus Fat. I think that is a big community. On the whole, we're just trying to lose weight as a group. Yeah, there's, a, there's an element of competition there, and there is a... There's a slight, oh no, when you hear someone's lost a lot of weight that you're playing that week, because it could mean the difference between your team winning, your team losing. But ultimately, it's a group of men that are on the same journey to lose weight and to become fitter. And losing that over lockdown has been, it's been huge for me because I've, I've joined a team that I've been, obviously you're on the same team, John, we're best mates. And then, you know, there's other people on that team that I've become quite close with. And to join that team, become part of it, be on the verge of winning winning the league and then you know lockdown part two happening i'd find that quite difficult to deal with yeah i think you mentioned a few things there that really resonated with me i think the main thing to say is there's a bit of yin and yang in what you said in the sense that i'm very lucky personally and as a you because you're a part of the same communities I'm very lucky that I've had such a strong community around me throughout lockdown. I think that a lot of other people haven't been blessed with that or haven't worked for it, I would say, actually, because we've created the sense of community that we have around us. And I think everyone has the opportunity to do that to some degree. But I am very thankful that we have talk about it, mate, to be there at all points in a way that a natural community is. And it has saved me at times. It's definitely saved me. I've had some really low moments throughout the last year. Um, some real difficult things to face up to, some real challenging professional and personal experiences. And you describe community as a, a group of like-minded people doing something together. 
I I would say that community to me is not about even the like-mindedness. It's about the agreement between you that you're going to support each other. So you might disagree. You might be completely different. You might want different things even out of the community, but you're in it together, whatever that it is. And that's something that I've definitely experienced with Talk About It, mate. But on the flip side, you mentioned Man Vs. Fat. And I can link my experience with Man Vs. Fat over the last um, year whilst we've been in this lockdown situation to a lot of other communities that I've been a part of, whereby I felt so strongly a part of it. And it was such a big part of my life. And it gave me so much in terms of peer groups, friendships, um, accountability, a purpose all of those things that really I think are the makeup of a good community. And then all of a sudden it was gone. And I think that the loss of that community really affected not just me, but everyone else in that community. And it's tangible in all the different ways that I'm still connected to people from Mambas's Fat. I hear and see that all the time about, you see it like you've just said, Martin, in terms of your weight, that's a reaction or, or a response. And I've put on weight as well to not being in that community anymore. That wouldn't have happened if I was still in that community. But equally, I think like I used to be an actor, obviously, and when I've been in plays and I've been parts of production teams and casts where that feeling you get in that eight to 10 week period where you're a community. I mean, that that's literally a word that is used to describe casts, like a community choir. I've been in a community cast is is remarkable. It's magical. It, it it cannot be replicated on your own. And I think it speaks to that sense of connection that is so important to everyone. I had something similar when I worked in my last job. Again, it was it was from the emergency services, and I I felt part of this this great community of um, not just a team but extended colleagues as well. And when I made the decision to leave, I was under this impression that we would just carry on as normal. The WhatsApp group would you know, be as, as um, free-flown as it was. And then it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. And I struggled with that. Um, I was going through other things in my life at the same time. And I just made a decision then to just cut cut loose from that. I think I kept maybe six people, out of maybe 80 people I had on Facebook. I had a goodbye card that was, you know, stay in contact and things like that. And that happens in every job, but I think certainly in in a job that I do, in a job as stressful and something that people can't understand, the trials and tribulations that you go through, um, you know, dealing with death on a daily basis, dealing with, you know, people that are in a mental health crisis and all you can do is talk to them on the phone. It's, I've said to you before, John, I couldn't talk to you about that because you couldn't get in that mindset of what it was. So it was, although we were best friends, I, I felt it wasn't something I could talk to you about because you don't have the experience of that. But with, you know, with the group, with Talk About It, mate, much like yourself, it's been an absolute godsend throughout lockdown, knowing that two hours a week, certainly with the men's and now the mixed group, I had a guaranteed window of where I could talk to people for two hours. And then you factor in things like the weekend waffle, Carl's quizzes, you know, Walk About It, mate, uh, the podcast group, the book group. You know, lockdown wasn't as bad because I had all those things. It's interesting you mentioned things like um, Carl's quiz, which is not is not a cryptic thing. It's not a, you know it's not a a code. It literally is one of our members. Carl did a quiz, but that wasn't an official talk about it, mate. Thing that was a community 
taking action on its own and independently to do something for the people within it. And I think that's the wonderful thing about communities. They are greater than the sum of their parts. If you get a really effective group of people and it doesn't need to be very large, it doesn't need to be, you know, heavily resourced. It just has to be that the flow between the people in that community, in that group is strong. And you can see the amazing transformative things it, it can do. I, I would say that you mentioned another few things there that really I'm, I've not been as good on. I've not been as decisive on in my life. So I'm thinking back to a period in my life now where I was really, really happy. I was in a play down in London. And actually the 10 year anniversary of this play is coming up. And there's a reunion going on. And so I'm kind of thankful I'm not as decisive as you've been, but equally, like, I can learn a lesson there and I'll explain what I mean. I moved away from London and there were various things that happened, some of which were actually not very helpful, were quite horrible for me emotionally. But through the course of those events, I became distanced from that community that I felt like the center of, like a big, massive part of. And I've watched that community, that group of people become lifelong friends like best friends from a distance and felt like if I was still there, if I'd have been able to, if I'd have been given the opportunity to, I would have been a part of that community and it looks special. And that's created a sense of jealousy in me and a sense of disappointment and resentment towards other people, not people from that community, but people who prevented me from being a part of that community. A sense of resentment towards them for what they did to stop me still being a part of that. And you mentioned there that when you left your previous job, there was an element of that that happened for you, but then you made the decision to just cut it out and deal with it that way. Now, I'm not very good at that. I've ruminated over this and intermittently sort of gone back to the romantic idea of, you know, one day I can be a part of it again. And like I say, there's a 10 year anniversary coming up for this particular play that generated this particular community. And I think I'm going to go because actually as much as well, I am going to go, I would say, unless something stops me. And the reason I say that is because it really was so special to me. And I think that's the power of an amazing community. Ten years on, when I felt like so much has got in the way of me being a part of it, I still want to be a part of it. So I'm just trying to, beyond the situation we're in now, I don't want to just mindlessly go out and meet people in the way that I have over the last two, three years. I want to be a part of communities so obviously I've got this one, we've talked about this one, we've got Mamas' Fat, we've talked about that, but there are other communities that I want to be a part of. I almost feel like we both have something in, in common regards to the job that we do. It's not just something we do for a paycheck. We also like the camaraderie of what we do, because I work for a charity, you work for the police, and we believe in what we're doing, and that creates another community in work. Yeah, it does. And you know, like I've said previously, it's, it's important to have that because you need that you need that being able to let off steam to be able to talk about the job that you've just dealt with to somebody that is part of the same the same thing you're doing my biggest thing of that certainly with the police was I had a quite a bad depressive episode at the start of the year, and quite a number of the officers that I send to jobs you know speak to on a daily basis were sending me messages on on Facebook and I find that really comforting because all I am all I am to them is a voice. It's gonna sound quite dramatic, but their safety is in my hands. If I don't carry out checks and make sure that the job that they're going to, they're aware of everything, whether that person has previous for violence, whether they've had weapons in the past, whether they've assaulted 
officers in the past, you know, it, it's it's quite it's imperative for me that I carry out those checks. And I know from that that those officers have trusted me because they've sent me messages outside of the job. And that to me is huge. Um, the camaraderie with colleagues isn't the same as it was uh, when I worked at the ambulance service, but that's because I've done that purposely. I don't show all of myself at work. Um, you know, there are things that I won't talk about, politics, things like that. Whereas in the past, I'd be very engaging with that. I'll talk about TV or football, but nothing of any real importance just to protect myself so that I don't build up this this friendship, this community. And then if I did leave the police, it's all gone again and I start again from scratch, if that makes any sense. I find that really fascinating. And I know that we've had conversations around this, but I don't think I've ever heard you so explicitly put out your fear there in that, in that way, which I think is, is really powerful because I think it's very similar to, I'm a very trusting person generally. I will take to a new person, as you've seen many, many times, especially like on nights out. I, I'll, I'll meet someone and within five minutes. I'll treat them like I've known them forever. And I, and I see that as something that I want to keep hold of, even though it does have negative effects. And I think I'm dissimilar to you in that I don't approach situations like that fearful that it might go away because I think maybe our lives have taken us on different journeys. I have done so many different things that have been rather short-lived and I've always... I'm not able to, I'm not saying this is something that I do as a sort of like positive or a, a skill. It's just my way that whatever I do and wherever I go, I throw myself personality wise and openness and authenticity wise, I throw myself all in there. And then I'm just not quite used to those things coming to an end. I've done lots of different jobs. I've lived in different places. I've had different intense friendships and communities as described and they've all pretty much gone and I did go through a period where I was really sad about that maybe about six seven years ago I think this is the thing like losing my communities and, and having that feeling that you're trying to protect yourself from going through that was a trigger or was one of the triggers in my depression and, and my anxiety because I did feel like I've told this story before and it links into this on my 30th birthday it was a joint birthday with at the time an engagement and I must have had 60, 70, 80 people at that birthday party. And then the year after my 31st birthday, the engagement had come to an end. And I'd lost various friendship groups through that. And the communities that I'd given up by being in that relationship were also gone. And one person came out to town with me that night. And I'm not really that close to that person at this point, I don't, I don't really speak to that person. So I look back at that period of my life and I was really sad about the fact that I had lost, I felt like I had lost everything, which is kind of similar to what I think you're talking about and what you are actively protecting yourself from. The difference I'm trying to articulate is that I couldn't do what you're doing. I can't help but invest in every community that I am a part of. And I think there are pros and cons to that. So I'll keep doing that, I guess. <laughs> but it's interesting because I think about 
I wonder if we think about communities. I've talked about a few communities that I've been a part of and lost. And I think something that I remember you being a big part of was was Man United and football. That was a, a big thing for you, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it was. Uh, just to clear up, I was at that, um, the 30th. And I was there, I was there the year after. And I don't think I've spoken to you about this before. I think I was working the next day in afternoons or I'd just finished a day shift. And I did come to the initial part of the, the birthday. And I remember you trying to get me to go out and it, you know, I do that thing that I do. No, 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 no. Just this, this stubbornness that is something I'm trying to get better at. And it is something that I, that I do regret that, cause I remember seeing the pictures on Instagram the next day and thinking, Oh God, why didn't I just go out? Why didn't I just go out for a few hours with my best mate and this, this, I can't remember the guy's name, this other guy. Um, I remember you telling me about, um, if you don't mind me telling this, can take it out if necessary but you befriended um a homeless person on the streets in manchester and i think you gave him some money and you gave him your mobile number and said look if you need anything just give me a shout and you know you continued to give that guy that money and i've been on nights out with you where you've um you've had that immediate like you've known them for years and that is something that i'm quite jealous of because i can't do that and it is something that i would like to be better at in terms of, you know, meeting someone and giving them that immediate trust, that immediate, you know, wanting to be in their company sort of thing. Whereas for me, it's, it really is out of sight, out of mind. I feel I've just yeah. waffled there. Waffle, we don't call it waffling. Sorry, we, we call, call it, it processing. processing. Processing it is, talk about it, mate. And I think the beauty of these conversations is that we start off with a prompt and it can lead in whatever direction. And what I loved about what you just said there is I had this thought about talking about your previous life, thinking about the communities you've been a part of, and you went with your authenticity and your immediacy, which is kind of what we ask people to do rather than, you know, follow what they think they should do. So that's that's great to see. Um it's interesting. You say it's it's a it's a good thing. I think I'm just the reason why I've taken to this kind of community so quickly. Um, started off as described before in previous episodes of the podcast as a volunteer for my own sort of selfish reasons because I was in such a bad place and then quickly aligned with Mike because the thing that enables me to be able to do that, to be able to feel like, I'm not going to say that it is like, it's not that we've known each other for years, obviously, but it, it can feel like that is because the quickest route to feeling a part of something is to is to show your whole self and just trust that process. And it's the reason why I self-medicate so often or have done historically and, and still do to some extent. I'm still not happy with the fact that I can be like this only when inebriated. Like I, I'm not that great at it when I'm sober, to be honest. I'm a lot better at it when I'm not. Um, and it's because I love that feeling of being authentic around someone and that being reciprocated and being able to facilitate that. Um, and I think that's what it comes down to. You, you got, it's like a relationship. If you want a good relationship, you can't go in there guarded on a pretense, giving your best version, um, only showing bits. If you do that, fine. You might get a relatively neutral or good response in the short term, but you'll never really get anywhere with it. And when your true self comes out, it's going to be a disaster. I think I operate under that as like, that's really what I believe. And that's what I try and be with everyone. 
And that's why on nights out, especially like I am like that with people because I've had a few beers. Um, so that's why it comes out. But I, I'm not, I'm not as good at it as I used to be day to day. I find it really difficult day to day nowadays in certain situations. And I want to be more like I was in that respect because I think there's so much value in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you did mention before, Pat, the, um, Football was a big part of, of my life, and it, it was. It, my weekends, work permitting, was going to watch United, going to the pub, getting drunk, you know, being hungover, um, you know, sort of like that self-medicating that you've, you've spoken about before, John. Um, whereas now, uh, you know, I, I'm a married man, and <laughs> whilst football is important, uh, as much as I would love to go to United, I'd, I'd, you know, rather than spending that entire day, you know, that entire weekend just going to football, spending time with mates, you know, I'd, I'd like to spend time with with my wife on the weekend because I can watch the game with you or, you know, at the pub and come home. I brought that on myself. Again, that was out of sight, out of mind. I did, I was part of a community uh, where I did used to record a podcast every week. I was the host of the podcast. You know, I'd would go to football with them. I'd meet up with them, we'd drink with them, you know, WhatsApp groups, the usual thing I've spoken about. And then I stopped going to football. And as a result, that all fell apart because that thing we had in common, going to football was gone. And I wasn't part of that anymore. And I did try and replicate that a few times, but it just, it just wasn't the same. It, it's... I don't know, it felt sort of fake. It wasn't authentic, which is something that we, you know, authenticity is something that we preach and practice and something that is a big part of talk about it, mate. Communities, we talked about communities quite a lot in this conversation has been a really good thing, but sometimes communities can be, I'm going to use this word, it's something we can connect into. Um, something I learned about reading a book last year where we place ourselves in an idea outside of ourselves and that stops us from really doing the work on ourselves or stops us from, like you said, outside our mind, stops us from acknowledging the things that need to be acknowledged. Your whole identity becomes about your community and that can be quite a dangerous thing. Yeah, it can. We've spoken about this outside of the group. There has been times where I've attended group and I've been in the room, but I've not been in the room. I've been messing on my phone. I've been looking at FIFA because the, I've not had anything to contribute. And it's felt like I've got to be there. You don't have to come to groups. If you can make it great, if you can't, we understand it. And I found that recently that if I don't want to go, I won't go. And I don't feel bad about not going, but I know that that community is there. As much as community can be a positive thing, I think sometimes we identify with communities very strongly. I was thinking about your football experience and I think about like, for me, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a community, but like going out with the same group of people every week became the thing that I did. And I think sometimes we can just identify with a particular, a, a group that comes together to do a certain thing. We can identify with that and then remove ourselves. Our identity just becomes you know from your life i am a i'm a man united fan that's what i am like that's what my life's about that's what everything is about and i think a lot of people go through that feeling of that's all they are is the thing that they do the community that they're a part of and and that's just interesting because it can be healthy or it can be unhealthy 
But the other thing you mentioned was you have said about about the communities you're a part of and and talk about me being one that that the sense for me that when it becomes a community and not just a thing you do is when it's it's it feels like it's there even when you're not it's it's a thing in your life like like for for some people I won't say for everyone like family family's there even when you're not there you know it's like the the tree in the woods is there a, a family if it doesn't fall and someone's around to hear it you know is there is there a community because a family is a type of community as well um for different people it means different levels of of good and bad but that sense of all of those communities that we've talked about in this conversation when i felt like they were always there even if i wasn't that's when i really knew i was part of something special or part of something defining because it could it could have potentially been a bad thing for me it's not generally been that way so I think that's really interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's something that when we had this discussion of me coming onto the podcast, I was a bit worried about, oh God, what if I can't say anything? What if I can't relate to it? And then you came with community and it was, it's the perfect topic for me. And it's, you know, it's something that I've been able to speak about for the last uh, half an hour or so. And it is something that's important. I'm looking forward to getting back to Man versus Fat. The groups are going to move uh, to being in person. I can't wait for that. I'm so excited to... These people I've been speaking to for the last year or so, seeing them in a room physically, having a cup of tea and talking about it. I can't wait to be in the room and to experience that that again, because that is really important. Yeah, it's interesting. Again, like a community can be created even if you've never actually met. That's an interesting thing. But I think the community that we're all a part of, that I think we all took for granted, this is going to sound well cheesy, is like the human race as a community. The fact that we've all missed just connecting with other people. We've taken that for granted. And I think something that will emerge or is really important to me to talk about, and I hope it will emerge, I should say, is that sense of community being brought back into society. Um, And we all had that a year ago. We've just gone past the first anniversary of the first lockdown. I just said the first anniversary, like there's going to be a second anniversary. (laughs) Let's really hope that that's not the case. Um, We've gone past that one year mark of the first lockdown. And I remember at the beginning of that, there really was that sense of community. And one of the only good things that's come out of the lockdown has been like me getting to know some of my immediate neighbors a lot more and, and, and having a sense of belonging to where I'm from. So I hope that that comes about something I'm really excited by, really. And I have this dream, like, I've done a lot of careers, I've done a lot of jobs. And one idea that I have for the future is I feel like I'd love to run a little village cafe or something like that and get to know and be in the heart of a community. That for me feels really idyllic. And I think that's why we see a lot of those types of programs on TV, you know, where it's all about communities and everyone knowing each other, even though that's less and less realistic in the modern age. People love to see that because that's that's a really lovely feeling to be a part of. This is your partner getting you to watch Coronation Street, isn't it? I can see, I can see you as a type of uh, Roy's Rolls t- sort of character. That that does sound. I yeah, I know you've spoken about that in the past, but not in terms of the community aspect. You know that does sound something that would be ideal. You know, it's I've moved house um, in the lockdown twice, and I don't know the neighbours that well, but we do let on to each other. And hopefully, you know, as as we're allowed to spend time with people outdoors, there can be that sense of, oh, we're having a barbecue, come and join us for a 
for a burger or whatever. Um, especially with the Euros, you know, the Euros coming up. So we've got we've got about three days of sun probably in which you can meet your neighbours, so that'd be good to do. But um I just want to say for the record, Martin just compared me to Roy Cropper. So we're no longer best friends. Um <laughs> and that's the that's the end of the community that we're a part of uh, after that. Uh, I was gonna say, like who you're gonna I've only just started watching Coronation Street, and I think that's another type of community you can be a part of. Like last night as well, Line of Duty was on. And the collective sense of everyone watching and doing the same thing is a form of community. It's a form of like rallying around the same idea or the same thing. And even just that, no one was in the same room to watch that, but everyone was like, there was a collective consciousness spike. Everyone was just doing the same thing and everyone was just thinking the same thing, which we were drawn to it. It's an amazing feeling. And you mentioned the Euros again. I'm not in any way patriotic. I am not nationalistic. I don't even really understand why there are such things as countries. But when it comes to the football, oh my goodness me, am I going to be screaming when England are playing? Of course I am. Because I think more than anything, what's important there is that feeling of being a part of something greater. And that something greater for that 90 to 120 minutes is this crowd of people that are all wanting and feeling the same things at the same time. And I think that's quite a nice place to end on our talk about community. So let's move to the checkout. So Martin, I'm hoping you feel awful for comparing me to Roy Cropper, but apart from that, how are you feeling? Feeling really good. Um, Subjective community is one that is really important to me. You know, there's things that I've spoken about on the podcast that I've not spoken about before or certainly in such a depth. So I'm feeling really good about that. It was really cathartic. I wrote that down to talk about my experiences, uh, both bad and good about community. And um, I'm looking forward to continuing being part of this community for a long, long time. Oh, thank you for that, Martin. I think I sense that as well. I think I sense that as much as we've known each other for a very long time, you're older than me. So, you know, just to get that in there. There were some things in this conversation that I think I've only ever heard you talk about in this particular way during this chat. So that's really good to to be a part of. I'm feeling like I always feel these conversations. I mentioned I was in a ward and I didn't know which way to go and I was dealing with it branch by branch. I think it's just giving me that grounding. I feel like no matter which direction I go in now, it's okay and it will be okay because I know that I am a part of many communities. And that they're always there. And I'm not going to lose those based on any individual choice or any particular thought or decision that I might make. And that's a really nice feeling to have that I am a part of something. I'm not just an individual floating around dealing with everything on my own. It's not just me against the world. And I think it releases the pressure. Thanks very much, Martin, for stepping in. Uh, we've got only two more episodes after this for the season and then uh, begin again in 10 will be done so maybe we'll have you back in the future if you promise not to make disparaging comments about me Um, (laughs) and then we'll go from there but thanks very much Martin I hope you enjoy work tonight and have a good evening cheers John you too thank you for listening to the podcast we really appreciate your interest in what we do if you would like to hear more please subscribe share or review this podcast And if you'd like to have a chat, join a session or just have some fun, then come find us at Talk About It Mate on all social media.